for he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have I nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. And the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could, not, he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. We know the Lord will bless that reading of his own word, but let's just bow where you are in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this narrative of your own truth, your divine inspired word. And now, Father, we ask you that you would help a man of frailty, frail lips and lips of clay to be able to speak well of thy son. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. Lord Jesus, tonight we reverence you. We respect you. We love you. We worship you. And we tell you there's none like you. So, Father, may thy spirit move across this area, this car park, among hearts. And Father, we pray that you would speak as you deem it fit to do so. And Lord, that you would speak severally to each individual person. Glorify your name. For Jesus' sake, I pray and ask it. Amen. On the night of our Lord's arrest in Gethsemane by the Praetorium Guard, we find him at this point that he's brought on to Pontius Pilate. A crowd is assembled in Jerusalem, especially around the area where he would be tried by a kangaroo court of Pharisees and then on to a Roman bema seat. We find here that as we read in the narrative, there is one of two options given to the people. One of two options, and they are simply pointed out in verse 17. Pilate asks the people, Whom will ye that I release unto you? Whom will ye that I release unto you? And then again, in verse 21, it says, The governor answered and said unto them, whether of the twain 
will ye that I release unto you? And here they have an option. One of two options. Either Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. Here we find it is put to the people in Jerusalem, but the leaders, the Pharisees, of the people start to change or to turn their hearts and minds. In verse 20 it says, But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas, notice the word, it's a strong word, and destroy Jesus. The chief priests wanted not just Jesus to be put out of the way, not just for Jesus to be chastised, nor even for him to be badly beaten and whipped. They wanted him to be destroyed. You know, there are people in our land and in our society today that would be of the very same and exact ilk that they would try with all of their hearts to destroy Jesus. Herod tried to destroy Jesus when he was a young child and he failed. Here the Pharisees are trying to destroy Jesus as a grown man before Calvary. When nailed to the cross, they thought they had prevailed over him, but they had failed in their mission, what they would do unto him. And throughout time, Men have tried to destroy Jesus in the body of Christ. That is in the blood-bought, blood-washed, spirit-filled church. They have tried to take Jesus out of those who know him and love him and to destroy him. So they try in every way under their own Barabbas, their own devil, they try under the leadership, as it were, of their own pharisaical ideas and ways to take the gospel of saving grace out of our lands, out of the schools, out of universities, and so on. To destroy Jesus for them in you and in me. You know, they can pull down buildings that we call churches. They can destroy those edifices that man would build with his hands. But they can never take the Christ from us. And neither can they destroy the church of Jesus Christ, which is his body. Because he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No matter how hard they try, no matter their ploy, no matter their motives, no matter what they try to do, the church that is a blood-bought church, the born-again church of God, will never, ever be vanquished. For Christ lives in us. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Brother, sister, 
Have you read the back of the book? You and I are on the winning side. Christ is coming again. And he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. And those of us who are saved and serving, we will reign with him. Friend, if you don't know Christ tonight as your Savior, you're under the very rule and authority, mastership of the devil. And you might say, but I'm not against Jesus. I'm just not saved yet. I'm glad you might say yet. But I can tell you, Jesus himself said, out of his own mouth, he that is for me, or else he is against me. Are you for him? Or are you against him? He said there's no, as it were, sitting on the fence. I can tell you, friend, there's many people. They sit on the fence and come to church even. And they know not Christ as their own Lord and personal Savior. They sit on the fence when decision has to be made. They sit on the fence when there's one of two options. That you must choose this day whom you will serve. They sit on the fence and give not over their lives to Christ as their Savior, their Master, their Lord, their Redeemer, and their God. So Christ says, he that is not for me is against me. Am I speaking to someone tonight? There's one of two options. And you've tried sitting on the fence. Christ says there's no fence sitters. By you saying I am not against him means that you're not for him. You're saying I'm not against him. But Jesus says, but you're not for me. And so you're either for him or against him. And if you're sitting on the fence, as it were, I want to let you know tonight, the devil owns the fence. The devil owns the fence. Here there is a decision, a choice of one of two options to be made in Jerusalem this Passover. While all the lambs are being taken to be slain, this weekend would be a very important weekend. Not because of lambs being slain. It is important to those who were in Judea of that time and in Jerusalem of the utmost importance, yes. But the most important event was this, that the Lamb of God, the Lamb which would die and end all Lamb sacrifice and animal sacrifice, the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, was there before them. And they had a decision, one of two options they had and to make was Barabbas or Jesus which is called Christ. Notice here in our reading, Matthew 27 and verse 15. Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner. Notice whom they would. Whom they would. They had it in their hands. Christ is presented to the Jews this day. 
Christ is presented to the Romans this day. Christ is presented to Jerusalem this day. Christ is presented before them. And he stands there. And Barabbas stands on the other side as it were. And choose ye this day as it were said unto them. Whom ye would. Friend, Christ has been presented from this platform week after week. Come this May, we'll be here one year. One year this May. And it's be that Christ has been presented night after night. Even the last many mornings we've been here where we have no building at the moment. Christ has been presented to many. And some have even stopped. And I know, I know by previous conversation with you, you're not saved. You've told me you're not saved. You've said you're not right with God. You've told me you're holding off. And Christ was presented this day in Jerusalem. And Barabbas was their choice. Barabbas is a type of the devil. And Christ is the Son of God. Here is their option. Barabbas means son of a father. Note, bar son. Abbas, father. It means son of a father. And so Pilate says, here is a son of a father. Here he is, a seditionist. And, of course, Jesus is the Father's Son. Do you want the Father's Son? Or are you under the Son of a Father? A man who was led as a seditionist against the Romans. Here is a seditionist. A man with blood on his hands. And here is the Savior, the man whose blood was shed. Here is the one of the two options. Christ presented unto all. Here we have the murderer in Barabbas. The murderer. And here we have the Messiah in Christ one of two options to the people of Jerusalem. One of these two options to the people in Turkington's yard. Of the people who will watch this online. Messiah or murderer. Savior or seditionist. The father's son or the son of our father. With all the sinful nature in him. Notice they cried. They wanted Barabbas. Who is it that you will cry for? Who is it that you will accept? Who is it tonight? Which is your master? Is it Barabbas? Or is it Jesus? which is called Christ. Is it for you 
that you should ask Barabbas and yet you're happy to destroy, as it were, Jesus because you think things are too difficult to accept him. So it's better to try to get rid of him, to get him out of your way, out of your vision, out of your ear gate, away from the eye gate when God has been speaking to you. It's easier to go to Barabbas. It's easier to go back to the life. Easier to go out with the mates. It's easier to be in the bars and the clubs when they open. It's easier to drink away the evening. That's what you think. That's for me. The Barabbas is what I want. It's easier to live in sin. It's easier to take all of these things that inhibit me and help me to get through the next moment. You think it's easier to live how you want and how you like, to take the Barabbas of this world, to live under this world's system of things, the sin and all that it entails, the feeding of the flesh, the lusts, I'll live under the Barabbas. Maybe another time. Or maybe you're saying, no, destroy this Jesus. This is too much for me. One of two options. Which would it be for you this evening? If you have not come to a saving knowledge and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I persuade you tonight I plead with you tonight not to leave this place until you have got right with God. Here we have, when we read down, notice what it says in verse 21. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas, Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ. Notice they all said unto him, let him be crucified. Little did they know they're in the sovereign plan and will of God, and yet they still turned him away. We find here the Pharisees, when they persuaded the people, it means the Pharisees spoke in the ears throughout the crowd made them a tumultuous crowd, stirred them up to a place and into a point of boiling where they were fully and totally persuaded in their depths of their heart that Christ was not for them, but Barabbas was their champion. Oh, how the devil loves to whisper in the ear, to persuade the hearts of men and women until they're fully persuaded that the old life and the ways you've been living, sure, it's okay the way you are. You're living it up and you're doing it well and you're loving every minute of it. Friend, I can tell you the Bible tells us for the wages of sin is death. You may say, well, I'm doing okay now. Listen, it's not payday yet. It could be your payday tonight. 
could be your payday tomorrow. But the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here we have the wages of sin or the gift of eternal life. Which would it be tonight? Note here, they persuaded the people. And by the time we get down our our reading, they're calling for the crucifixion of Christ. Their heart, notice this is in the will of God. Their heart is hardened. Their heart is fat like grease. Their heart is not toward Christ but against him. The idea isn't that there's a few people that you might see in some nice little movie or video. Few people standing there, they have a chat and shout, let him be crucified. Gives the idea of a sedition throughout Jerusalem. Starts to go like a wave through. And the original text gives it, there was going to be a riot in Jerusalem if Pilate had not of released Barabbas and given Jesus over to be destroyed and crucified. That's where their heart went to. That's the depths of the heart. There was going to be a riot. I think of those, those cities in the, around the Middle East when the, all the people flooded into it. And it was called the Arab Spring at the time. And there was rioting everywhere and they couldn't contain it. It was, it was a fearful thing to look at, even worse to be in the middle of. And there, Christ is before them. The master standing, wholly innocent. The master standing there, beautiful, wonderful, magnificent, majestic Jesus. Standing before a rabble-rising crowd. A rabble-rising, riotous crowd. And there, they say, let him be crucified. Their heart was hardened that it could not be turned. You know, that happened to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was told, let my people go that they might serve me in every plague after it. I'll let you go, stop the plague. I'll let you go, stop the plague. And every time... It says he hardened his heart, and at the end it says, And God hardened Pharaoh's heart. In fact, Paul tells us Pharaoh was a vessel of dishonor to God. I trust there's none who will harden their heart. They've hardened it many times. Oh, you've been under the word, and Christ has been presented. But you've went home with Barabbas. Know this. Verse 24. Then Pilate. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing. But rather that a tumult was made. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying. I am innocent of the blood of this just person. Takes a basin of water and he starts to wash his hands. I am innocent 
of the blood of this just person. Ah, hold on thy Pilate. You wait one minute here. You can't wash your hands of the guilt. Just hold on, Pilate. You can try and wash it away. You can try and disclaim it. But it's yours. It's yours. Nothing can wash away your stain. Nothing can take away the guilt from the heart. But what can wash away my stain? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He tries to wash his hands of Christ. Pilate was the governor. Pilate could have released him. But Pilate washed his hands as it were off him. But Pilate, you'll never wash your hands of the blood guiltiness of Christ. Notice here what it says. Verse 25, then answered all the people. Oh, when I think of it, his blood be on us and on our children. What a curse to bring on your children. A Christless curse. His blood be on us and on our children, they said. This whole tumultuous, riotous crowd. In other words, they're saying, we don't care. We don't care. We'll live for the now. We'll live for the Barabbas. We'll take the devil. Let his blood be on us. Go on, blame us, Pilate. And on our children. Oh, when I think of it, the Jewish people throughout the years have never been able to properly settle any nation in the world. They were run out. They were persecuted. I think of the of the freight loads of train carts that brought them to the places like Auschwitz. His blood be on us and on our children. Be very careful. Be very careful how you deal, how you treat, how you disrespect the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ will either cleanse you from all your sin by accepting it or the blood of Christ will condemn you because he shed it and the sacrifice has been made. I'm aware we're on holy ground tonight. We're in a drive-in, in a car park, in the open air, in the dark. But we're on holy ground tonight. Because we're speaking of the glorious Christ of God. The wonderful, beautiful Savior 
our Redeemer. And we're speaking of the blood. The Spirit of God is here tonight. Very conscious of Him. Very conscious of Him in the Word tonight. Spirit of God speaks tonight that we are on holy ground. The Spirit answers to the blood. The Spirit answers to the blood. The Spirit answers to the blood and tells me, I am born of God. His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released, then released he Barabbas unto them. Notice this. We we gloss over it. We gloss over it. We gloss over this little line. We did it in our reading. It's read and it's there, but we gloss over it. Sila. At this place, at some point. Sila, pause and think about this. And when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. They scourged Jesus. Can't get my mind around it. Hard. If you love him, it's hard. The Roman flagellum whipped with lead and metal and bone sewn through the strands of the whip. Men who were trained in the art of using this flagellum whip as they bring him out. In fact, we're told that when Pilate brings him out, Jesus has been beaten up and he's bloodied. He's battered and he's bruised and beaten. And he brings him out and he says, Behold a man. I say this with reverence and respect because I'm aware we're on this holy ground tonight. The word behold isn't just now. Look at him. What do you think? It's emphasized. It's amplified in the original. He brings him out and it means... Look at him. Behold the man. Look at him. Oh, pause and look at him. No, Pilate was even saying at that point. Has he not had enough? Look at him. Crucify him. Destroy him. They scourge him. Man trained. Taking his full stretch of arm. And lashing the back of Christ. Two. Three. Four. Five, but with every lash, the bone that's sewn into it and the lead and the iron or the metal 
like hooks would cling into the flesh of the body of the Son of God. Cling into it like a grappling hook into his very back. And as he pulled, he had to yank it out with the flesh hanging off the end of it. Saying many who went through this, you could see their very kidneys. They scourged him. I want to finish with one thought. One thought here. And he delivered him in verse 26. He delivered him to be crucified. Staying for this last point, please. Will you turn with me to Matthew 7? Matthew 7. Verse 14. Verse 13, pardon me. The Lord Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth through destruction, and many there be that go in. Note thereat, he didn't say every. The straight gate and the narrow way of salvation in Christ. Didn't say everyone's there. He said many. I'm glad I'm one of the many tonight. In verse 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that lead, which leadeth to life, of the life, but few there be that find it. See the word leadeth on the life, leadeth to destruction. Here's one of two options. The narrow gate, the straight gate and the narrow way. The wide gate and the broad road. Here's two lifestyles, one with Christ and one with Barabbas or the devil. Which one is it? But see the word, the broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And then in verse 14, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Well, the word here for leadeth is the word apago. And it's mentioned some 17 times in the New Testament. And it means, gives the idea of taking someone by the arm, by the hand, and bringing you along the broad road to life you live without Christ. The broad road to destruction leads that way. It's taking you to destruction. The narrow gate, the way, getting the narrow way is Christ leadeth us on the life. The word there, apago, 17 times it's used in the New Testament. I note this. Nine of those 17 times, nine of them are used to Christ being led by man's hands to the judgment seat, to the high priest's house, to Pilate's court, on the Calvary. Wicked hands of men taking him and leading him along. 
Oh, that hand that holds the universe meted everything out with a span, allowed the frail hand of sinful men to lead him up Golgotha's hell. And there they nailed him to the tree. Ah, destroy Jesus. Crucify him. And they did crucify him. They laid him in a tomb. They rolled a stone upon it and set a seal on it. And a Roman guard around it. Yeah, they done that. Get rid of him. Do away with him. Destroy him. They thought they had. But on the third day, up from the grave he arose. And tonight, one of two options to you is this. Who will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas. We're told in other of the other gospels now Barabbas was a robber. Want Barabbas, the robber, or Jesus, the redeemer? Barabbas, the murderer, Jesus, the Messiah. Barabbas, the seditionist, Jesus, the savior. Do you want Barabbas, son of a father, or Jesus, son of the father? Whom will ye? Tonight, trust tonight, even if you're saved, that a fresh look at Calvary, a fresh look at Christ will encourage you, maybe even melt your heart. But if you don't know him, you'll come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand as I always do at the end. Down here, if you need to talk to me about your soul, pull over. We'll go talk. We'll point you to Christ or help you on your way. Don't leave here. Don't harden your heart. Maybe God will harden it for the last time. I'm going to ask the team to come up.